everyone. Uh, this is 19th episode of Apple Treats and today we have a great guest, Anna Zharkova. Hi, Anna. Hi, Denise. Hi, everyone. Yeah, we will be talking Kotlin, but don't worry, not just Kotlin. We will talk about the Swift too and uh, probably some of the recent news. But, uh, well, we wanted to talk Kotlin not just because Kotlin itself probably, but rather uh, how would I call it? Like special branch of Kotlin as a Kotlin multi-platform mobile and uh, how it's used on Apple platforms and like basically how it's used overall. And in order to get this talk uh, like right, we asked Anna to join us and uh, Anna is GDE. And uh, before we will like dive deep into what GDE means and uh, how did you get there, uh, can you briefly tell us how did you get into IT? How did you get into development? Uh, what motivated you? Of course. Uh, at first, I was just a teenager girl, and I have a doubt what should be my future profession and what I would like to do in future. So uh, when I was about 13 years old, it was just like um, professional uh, orientation uh, testing special kind of test that helps uh, students and school boys and girls to define what, uh, their, what their most suitable profession for them. So for me, it was uh, something just like information technologies and development. So it was a bunch of uh, professions that are um, connected with information technologies and, uh, uh, well, and I be uh, began to prepare uh, to this. And when I was about 30, 15 years old, I began to learn Pascal at the most of future developers. And then, uh, well, and then I entered the university. It was Elder State Technical University, my first university. And uh, it was not uh, program engineering as it should be. Um, the most suitable to become a developer, but it was informational security. I oh. was, yes, I was young, I was dumb, and everyone in this age uh, full of romance. So I thought that I will be cool Russian hawker, and I will, yes, I believed, uh, I used to believe that here they will prepare me to become a real Russian hacker and to be cool developer. And uh, the reality was uh, not as my expectations. So it was uh, um, some kind of information technologies uh, speciality, but it was not development at all. Uh, of course, uh, first uh, three years we developed something, we learned uh, C++ and other developers subjects but uh, we should prepare uh, by ourselves to become uh, real developers so uh, when i uh, when i was on the first grade i had some kind of depression and i decided to become a developer and since this time i learned uh, development by myself at first it was um principle of development and of course I chose my first uh, real um, language. So uh, at university, I learned C++ 
And after the university, I learned C sharp. It was my true love. And then Java. And uh, when um, and after the first university, I went to magisterium in Altai State University, not Altai State Technical University. We call this university classic. Uh, and yes, in in uh, and I learned for two years magisterium as uh, in uh, applied uh, mathematics informatics. So and. Uh, during this time, I had a bunch of time to think about my life and to learn Android. So my first language and my first mobile platform was Android. As for the mo, as I think it's common for mo for a lot of mobile developers because Android is uh, the most um, available and cheap way to become a mobile developer. Okay, okay, we 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 might argue on this, <laughs> but uh, um, probably a little bit later. Um, okay, so like time passed, and you uh, you are now GDE. By the way, can yes. you like briefly describe what does it mean and uh, like how hard it's uh, to to become GDE? Uh, at first, I should say that I both uh, Android and iOS developer, and since since I become a Google developer expert in Kotlin multi-platform technology, um, I'm just like a man in the middle, or maybe a man from another place, because um, yes, I began to learn Android at first, and I do a lot of stuff on iOS, and I on the both specialities, I'm lead mobile developer, and it's really normal for me. Yes, uh, my secret is I have no private life at all so until you get kids uh, and it's available to become gd and to uh, be cool expert i think i'm i am just like a little bit cool expert uh yes i have an imposter sim symptom uh, syndrome as everyone uh so uh what is kotlin gd uh, well, at first, uh, you should be prepared that for everyone who is Android developer, you just like uh, some kind of uh, strange person because you are an iOS. And for iOS developers, everyone, the most of iOS developers, uh, would like to tell you, you are not real iOS developers. Uh, are you truly a true professional at all? Uh, maybe you are just like kind of junior and you're telling by yourself that you are lead for example you was uh writing a code for about two years and then you have five years of management it's uh, just like real situation but it's not my kind i uh write to code all the time so uh, uh it's really cool uh program by google unfortunately there is no such expertise programs by uh, apple so and uh, there is a bunch of technologies and we are uh, google developer experts we uh, prepare a special kind of content for every technology uh, we have uh, some grade of expertise in it so we have um, some no kind of knowledge what is under the hood of this technology and we help me we and we help to develop this technology we are not googlers we are not uh, the people who are google employers we are volunteers a special kind of volunteering uh, we develop the technology we prepare a con uh, content uh, and find some kind of solutions for different situation as an expert as a developers as persons 
who use this technology in our real life. So we are from the side of user developers. We are not uh, the developer of technology. We are the users of technology. So yeah, well, uh, mm -hmm. I think that uh, at least Apple usually calls like such guys as evangelists, technology evangelists, something like that. I mean, do you see that as, uh, as this particular role? Well, uh, yes, it's some kind of an evangelism, uh, same as in Microsoft, for example. And there is some uh, kind of opportunities. We have a nice opportunity uh, to be in community, to communicate with each other, to uh, go to special events. And in these events, we are, it's not events just like in some kind of organizations where it's a great stage, everyone in uh, ball gown and, and special costumes. And there is a, a brilliant manager who is talking about uh, special specialities and possibilities. And there is a fountain of champagne. No, uh, it's uh, events um, uh, for developers where we present some kinds of slides, some kinds of uh, talks, and we um, talk and find something new in these new technologies. For example, uh, on last uh, Tuesday, I was, a, no, it was last Wednesday, I was a guest on Android Worldwide Meetup with a talk about Work Manager API. Okay. Yes, I I, uh, I feel just uh, a lot of iOS developers hate me. <laughs> no, no. I, <laughs> I, I honestly think that's not true. And uh, actually, we asked you to join the podcast specifically for your uh, expertise in both. I mean... We would like to try to compare, at least on the high level, yes. because the podcast is uh, like we are very time limited. So I think we can just like dive deep into the topic. And since you know both uh, Kotlin and Swift, from your perspective, uh, what are the main similarities and what are the main differences between these two languages? I mean, they started almost at the same time, probably like, uh, and they share some of the concepts, at least like it seems so. Well, uh, I started with uh, Swift in uh, 2015 and with Kotlin in 2017, 16-17. So at first sight, I believed that Swift is older than Kotlin and I was really surprised that Kotlin um, appeared in uh, 2011. It was uh, um, some kind of special technologies uh, for purposes for JetBrains company own. Uh, and uh, so what is a similar? Yes, uh, I think uh, that the concepts and the syntaxes are really common and it will be really comfortable for many users uh, to try Kotlin and Swift both. And I knew that a lot of uh, developers try to do this. Uh, for example, uh, my colleagues, many of them, uh, even they are really good experts and developers in one platform, they uh, tried to do something in other platform and in some kind of situations, they could help and do something in other platform. So it's really uh, common uh, languages and the main um, the main differences is in uh, differences of platform and platform specific uh, using with some kind of 
um, stuff that are uh, really platform specific. It's not uh, because of language, because we know that Swift could be used as a language not only for iOS, uh, maybe for some kind of common uh, code. I know that is uh, that you developed such kind of library in your company. And you have a talk about Swift as a common library, as a language for uh, technology of a common library. So uh, the same situation with Kotlin, and Kotlin in Kotlin multi-platform is, uh, uh, is is really good advantage for everyone who would like to learn uh, two platforms to start with, because it's just like a little bridge between two languages, between two technologies, and. Um, uh, when I was a young developer, when I was junior developer, I began um, in my uh, first job. I was doing stuff with Xamarin, Xamarin, Xamarin Android, and then Xamarin iOS. Uh, Cross-platform technologies, when they use common part and all, and then they use um, some kind of. Um, platform-specific parts uh, with this common part and this uh, platform-specific part use uh, the same uh, principles as in native um, applications. It's really a good case to learn both platforms and to start with. So for me, it was just like a little bridge. And I think that uh, Kotlin Multi-Platform shares the same principles uh, in its uh, work and in its uh, common idea and uh, it's not really hard for me uh, i well i am not for, not not for me but i think that it shouldn't be too hard for everyone who would like to learn both platforms of course uh, it could be some prejudices uh, that is too hard and it takes a lot of time and no one uh, shouldn't do uh, the job of other people but uh, if you would like to become a real expert in two platforms, uh, I think it's a really nice point to begin with. Okay. And, well, since you are, uh, anyway, mostly focused on Kotlin, I assume, do you keep up with um, modern Swift features? Like, for example, Swift 5.5 uh, introduced new structured concurrency and uh, like recently this concurrency features are now available for all the iOS releases so I assume there will be a lot of talks and probably uh, like posts on the internet regarding this feature so are you familiar with that and uh, can you compare these with uh, Kotlin's approach and maybe does Kotlin multi-platform mobile has something else in terms of concurrency? Uh, of course uh, well, I'm not uh, just a uh, Kotlin GDE, I both uh, work in lead iOS Android developer and I am also an iOS tutor in Autos. So it, it helps me uh, to be fit with iOS even when I have a, most of Android code in my job, in my work. Um, what is the common? Uh, well, I used to watch all most of the Apple events. Uh, unfortunately, I had no possibility uh, to watch Apple Talks last time. But every WWDC is uh, uh, is a point of my, of my interest. And for me, uh, such kind such things uh, as Swift new concurrency is. Um, it looks uh, similar, not with Kotlin coroutines, and of course, it in some point it shares uh, the same uh, principle and the same structure, the 
the same basis as Kathleen cartoons, but it for me it looks like more common with uh, C sharp um, .NET parallelism. Well, I'm so cool, so I'm also was a Microsoft C sharp an expert in uh, 2016. So because I used Xamarin and I had such a certificate. So and and I love C sharp. It's my true love, my first language, my first true love language, uh, and then uh, Swift and Kotlin. Uh, well, um, it's uh, really similar with this because it uses tasks and it uses the same uh, mechanism to group in tasks, and also it uses some mechanism to deal with uh, some kind of actors to to provide some common uh, sequences. It's um, really. Uh, resemble with uh, .NET parallelism. Okay. Well, yeah, maybe. Um, by the way, um, like speaking of uh, Kotlin and Kotlin multi-platform mobile, do I understand correctly that uh, multi-platform mobile version like has some, I would, I would say like special cases for the, for the concurrency or it's like you, you have full support of Kotlin features in terms of coroutines on uh, like on, on the cross-platform code. Uh, you're asking especially right people right man yeah. about this. <laughs> well uh, Kotlin multi-platform has uh, used different Kotlin versions for every target it uses and uh, at first sight people think that it was, it should be common with Android application and it should be Kotlin GVM for every target but um, that's wrong. Uh, Kotlin multi-platform use uh, other versions of Kotlin language for every platform it uses. Uh, for example, for iOS uh, it, and for Linux and macOS and Windows, it uses Kotlin native. Kotlin native um, share the principles of these platforms and you need to specify for what uh, kind of device, for what kind of architecture you would like to build your application. And in case of iOS applications, both emulator and device, um, you are getting in a world of Kotlin native concurrency and it's um, it's not iOS concurrency and both is not Kotlin GPM concurrency. It's, and okay. there is a lot of special uh, solutions and uh, before uh, Kotlin uh, version uh, 1.6 and new memory management model for Kotlin native, it will be arrived uh, on spring as it was announced. Okay. Uh, uh, so it's really uh, it's a really path of adventure to set it up working. And it, yes, uh, that is how I began a GDE Kotlin multiplayer. Uh, at first, uh, my Devril asked me to uh, write some kind of article about Kotlin Multiplatform in first application, but uh, I wanted to create something interesting. And uh, the first uh, approach, the first my attempt with uh, with simple Android iOS application that provides common uh, architecture and common way to use concurrency, uh, got me into the world of Kotlin native concurrency. So it was my deep dive. Okay. Yes, I w yes, I fall down in the ocean, Kotlin native. So, um, and there is a lot of different things. Um, for example, before new memory model, there were no uh, 
way to use uh, something that is bound with global queue. So yes, it is a way to get global queue, but there was no particular thread to bound with it. And you need to specify some kind of your own character dispatcher so to provide your own solution. Then uh, there was uh, a, there become a possibility to use uh, default uh, dispatchers, but then uh, if you would like to use it with a single term, it was a, another approach because you needed to block it. So it was a really interesting solutions, and of course uh, to define it and to combine it with the uh, cotton flows and some kinds of graphs dependencies so yes and of course it was some kind of special curtain workers and you need to provide freezing a lot of freezing you uh, just working with freezing and then when you uh, freeze everything you need to uh, change everything and you couldn't change freeze so we needed a particular solution and there is a, a nice documentation. And of course, I uh, wrote uh, some kind of post about how to use this documentation to provide working solution with it. So uh, in your memory management, there is no such problems at all. And it's okay. really cool. And it will be uh, a nice way. I think that Gprint's company got a really nice job to provide all the logic we need to work with uh, multi-threading in both iOS and Android without any problems. So uh, they're still working uh, in garbage collecting, um, but I think it's really good uh, progress okay. um, comparing with last versions, and I love it. Okay, so from what I hear, it seems that uh, Kotlin multi-platform mobile is still, uh, like, it's still young, actually. And... Uh, there might be some like good cases to use it and maybe some cases which probably are not the best uh, place to use uh, it. So can you name like uh, what is uh, what are the targets for the Kotlin multi-platform mobile models? What should be uh, shared across the platforms using this technology and what is uh, like we, we, we need to postpone until later? Well, I think that um, though Kotlin Multiplatform is not uh, too old, it's about several years, and it's currently it is an alpha, and it is going to be better in uh, spring. So uh, I think at this point uh, there is uh, it is it could be used in production. So uh, for many cases, uh, we in mobile devices just work with uh, getting data and sending data. So mostly we use just um, networking and some kind of local storage. Uh, for other cases, we can we can specify our platform specific logic or maybe to do not too hard logic in common part, but we can specify it both common or both spirit native, and it should be it could be used in production. And there is a lot of uh, there is a lot of uh, good working example. For example, Netflix uses production, um, Yandex uses, uh, and other companies. So there is a there is a page in web page in Japan Science, and um, there is a lot of uh, com contributors and users of this technology at the moment. Okay. Uh, one case you 
couldn't use this, it's to provide common uh, user interface, but it's not technology for user interface. It's uh, just like a technology to share common business logic. And if you understand this, there is no problem. I think so. So, and in most cases, uh, you don't need uh, some kind of uh, hard um, multi-threading your application. And there is a, some kind of simple solution. You can use it in your application okay. at the moment. Um... Let me ask you one question, and um, I, like, <laughs> I, I, I would like to hear your honest answer to this. So, do you see any weaknesses in uh, Kotlin multi-platform mobile? I mean, like, is it something which is like need definitely needs improvement? Like, besides the memory m management model, which will be uh, changed soon, but is there something which is uh, like, from your perspective, again, um, like, definitely, definitely needs attention from the developers? Well, uh, speaking honestly, so um, there is some uh, kind of documentation that there is no, not everything clear at the moment with garbage collection because it has its own um, specifics in both platforms. And um, when we use it with Android, there is no problem because GVM, GVM, the same thing. Uh, but with other platforms, there are specifics, and we know uh, that sometimes it could be really hard to um, to turn one code from another bec uh, because of different uh, architecture of technologies and its uh, and what is under its hood. Well, for me, it's just garbage collection, and I think in other moments when there will be no third local annotation, we everything will be fine. So uh, we can use it with uh, some, um, with the different architectures. We can use it in different cases. Of course, it's not for UI, but uh, if, you would if you would like to share some kind of common management from architecture points, such as in common, for example, presenter of your model, you can do this. And of course, it's not work. it uh, doesn't work with the JPEG, Android. Uh, many people uh, wait when uh, it will be, uh, it could be used with the JPEG and Pose in both platforms, but I think it's, it's, un we don't need uh, this. And what else? Uh, of course, uh, because of differences of Kotlin and Swift, uh, not every um, language structures can be ported and transmitted correctly. For example, um, uh, problem of enams and sealed classes in Kotlin. Uh, it is beca it's because of differences languages, but uh, in every version of Kotlin native, of uh, Kotlin multi-platform, uh, there are new improvements and there are new uh, interruptions between Swift and Kotlin. So one day uh, there will be no such problem, I think so. Okay. It will be solved. Um, okay, let's um, leave Kotlin for a sec uh, and mm -hmm. talk on Swift. So, do you think that um, like Swift core team efforts will bring uh, Swift into cross-platform development? I mean, currently you can run uh, Swift code on Windows or on Linux, but it's not yet a language to build cross-platform libraries like. Uh, it, it cannot replace uh, Kotlin multi-platform mobile for now, but well, there are some efforts in in making so, and like we even have um, Swift WebAssembly to run uh, Swift code on the web. But like, do you see that as something possible? And if so, do you want to see Swift as like 
strong competitor to Kotlin multi-platform mobile? Mm, why not? I think that every technology could be uh, used in several ways. Uh, and I think it will be interesting to look uh, at this solution when it will be ready and to compare it uh, between with the Kotlin multi-platform. For example, Swift Multiplet, why not? Uh, and especially if it will be some kind of official expertise from Apple, I would like to get such a bitch. <laughs> and a, that was a joke. Uh, well, yeah, so honestly, uh, why not? Uh, we knew uh, a lot of examples uh, of when um, some kind of technology was used to get some cross-platform and multi-platform experience, C-sharp, and there we lived in a world of uh, React Native and Flutter. So Flutter it is some kind of special world with their special language and special everything. And of course, it's uh, we remember that uh, that uh, there were uh, hybrid uh, application that used web technologies uh, to be used in yeah. mobile application. For example, Cordova and uh, other things. Why not? Right. Yeah. Well, um, as of now, we do not see that happening so we do not see any like uh, direct steps into making that but uh, it seems that apple like gradually makes swift a uh, good citizen on the server at least i mean that's that's visible we see uh, libraries we see the uh, recent proposal uh, and even implementation of distributed actors which are kind of interesting concept in, in uh, like making the communication between your backend and your uh, mobile device uh, like native uh, Swift structure so you basically use like distributed actor and that will call uh, methods on some remote um, node like it was like calling uh, asynchronous method on your uh, on your device and that that's something interesting I mean that's um, that's definitely needs some attention but um, I I also wanted to talk with you on some other topics and uh, that particular topic is not related to the development in Kotlin or Swift mm -hmm. itself, but rather the community. You have an opportunity to participate in multiple, like let's say com ecosystem communities like Google community and like still Apple community because you're Apple developer, like you, you do a lot of code in Swift, you do a lot of code in uh, Kotlin and uh, you are GD in uh, Kotlin, multi-platform mobile, and like you have a lot of expertise and you participate in different communities. Do you see any difference in how these communities evolve? Uh, in like, is there any, is there any differences in how 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 these communities work? Because they are typically not too bound to each other, so they are typically like significantly separated. I, I would think. Uh, yes, uh, I think I th I see a lot of differences. For example, uh, it seems that uh, Apple community seems to be more closed for um, some so for simple Apple developers who uh, just uh, create some kind of content. I remember last year in WWDC when a um, new version of Swift UI was presented, uh, the specialist from Apple um, thanked uh, all of uh, iOS developers who uh, for from nine from 2019 uh, prepared a lot of different solution. So and he told and he told that uh, there was 
they were inspired by all this solution and that is why they thanked all Apple developers. I also saw uh, some kinds of sample of my code and some kind of code of my uh, colleagues, for example, or other people I know. And uh, that's, that's, yes, of course, it's really nice uh, that they thanked uh, all of us, but um, for, for me, I think so. Uh, it was a really great opportunity to get somewhere, but we are living in a pandemic time and there is no opportunity at all. Uh, speaking about Google community, it looks more open and, um, opened and without any bounds. It's just like one of the principles of this community. Uh, they are open for developers and for these developers who to, de uh, to become an expert. Unfortunately, there is no such programs in Apple, only for students and or for those who would like to be Apple uh, employers. Uh, and uh, when uh, I was a uh, middle iOS Android developer, I had an idea to get a lot of different pages. So I think that all the middle... Um, I'm sorry. Amazing. All the middle developers uh, in some uh, in some time of this career, uh, they would like to get a lot of badges, uh, certificates, and some other signs to uh, show everyone about their expertise. So to get a grade to become a senior. So we don't know how to become a senior and to get a great salary. Uh, from the, uh, for example, one or two Vecheslav Kazula. So it's, uh, I think it's a dream for everyone. <laughs> uh, the course of Kazula is increasing uh, every day. So, um, and in this time, I searched a different uh, kind of certifications and there were no certifications for iOS Apple developers at all. And in this time, it was some kind of mode. It was a fashion. Uh, uh, between uh, between companies uh, that their employers need to get a lot of different certifications, right. and without these certifications, uh, you can you have no opportunity to become a middle from a junior or senior from a middle. So it was a strange time. Uh, now uh, there is no such conditions. Uh, right. pe uh, people, uh, yeah, yes. Um, people just uh, look at your code and uh, the results of your work. So, um, and I was disappointed with this fact that there were no, no such program. Uh, Google, uh, Googlers have more programs. Uh, for example, there is a program for students, program for experts. And in, in a lot of uh, cities in Russia and all over the world, they have their own communities. And in this community, they make meetups. Uh, it is a really nice place to become uh, a speaker and to, to test and to increase your public speaking and some kind of expertise in some kind of talk. Unfortunately, there is no possibility with the Apple community. We have Swift Forum. Um, I found uh, WWDC community in uh, Discord and uh, this year I was a commentator in um, after two sessions. There was a, a little, uh, there was about ten or twenty minutes of my glory between them. Uh, well, and uh, so that's all. Uh, we have no opportunities to become to become an expert or to get in this um, community. It's really hard. 
uh, it's closed for the most of developers. Well, yeah. So <laughs> I think we as well, like we as a podcast, we're also participating in the community. We we might need to take this seriously and uh, like really make um, make it easier to join the communities and uh, share knowledge more and uh, help other developers to study and to share their knowledge too. I mean, this is something we we probably need to take care of. Um, just uh, out of curiosity, you, you already mentioned that we, uh, that Apple started the Tech Talks uh, 2021, which are now uh, probably will be going until the end of the year. So they are announcing sessions every two weeks. And um, do, do, did you watch, did you attend any of the sessions or maybe like uh, join the open, hour, uh, open office hours? Uh, no, I fortunately I have no opportunity to get in open office, uh, but I watched several series uh, later. So it's really nice that they keep the videos and it's really helpful for everyone. So uh, the content is great. Uh, so um, and I think it's really nice uh, way to create some uh, kind. To prepare some kind of talk to every conference, you should uh, you should just watch the Apple series or WWDC, and then to prepare it with some kind of sample. Yeah, and um, as of these tech talks which are going now, you should be uh, you should be aware that sessions uh, they are a little bit different from uh, what they used to. So the there will be no recordings, and uh, for the one hour session, you will have. Uh, like something about from 20 to 30 minutes of presentation, which is typically like some recap on the technology. And uh, the rest of the session is live Q&A, where you can ask questions to the Apple experts and they will provide answers. And like I uh, attended a couple of the sessions which were um, hosted recently. And these sessions uh, include a lot of interesting topics and the answers are really honest and uh, some answers are quite important for example there was a session on the app store review process and uh, uh, some of the questions included for example what is the difference in the review of the applications uh, which are targeting the public app store or uh, apps targeting the custom app distribution and there is a difference in how apple will review those apps and uh, there were a lot of technical topics. There were a lot of technical questions. So, like, if you're listening to this podcast and you want to ask something uh, to like real Apple engineers, these tech talks is something to follow on. I mean, this these are really an option. The sessions are um, like you your questions will be answered either verbally by the expert or they will answer that in chat. But there will be questions from other developers, and sometimes you might hear the question which you didn't thought about and. Uh, the, that question will guide you to your maybe newer app or like some idea which you, you which you want to implement. So they publish the uh, schedules every two weeks, and uh, recently they published schedule for uh, next upcoming weeks, and they will be publishing more and more. And some sessions will be rerun multiple times. So like again, that's for the Apple developers. Uh, please try to get most of Apple engineers they sharing their knowledge and they're helping the um, apps to become better. Um, it seems it's just like up, a, yeah. some kind of open university and it's really good that they turned to the people and to, to the to developers. Yeah, and uh, one of the, like, the bad thing, this, this is online, you do not have like in-person uh, discussion. 
the good thing it is online and you can join from like any country any location there is no limits uh previously tech talks were hosted for example in berlin or like in london and somebody and you have to travel there now you can like sit in the comfort of your home and they even run these sessions in multiple time zones and that's again for for those who want to attend the session uh which is hosted by cupertino time like you can wait and they will probably do the rerun uh running in um uh, european time or maybe like asian time like it it depends and therefore like again this is this is even better than uh, wwdc because this will take more time they have uh, more uh open office hours they will have more sessions this is something which will give developers a lot of benefits but yeah before we wrap up i have one question to you and this question is uh uh again from your perspective from your experience what would you recommend uh to those who are interested in the development who want to start doing their uh mobile apps be it swift or kotlin or kotlin multi-platform uh what what would you recommend what would you like uh, how would you encourage them to continue well uh At first, I would like to say that um, it's wrong to tell that what is a better Android or iOS. Both platforms are really good. And uh, if you uh, know how to work with both platforms, your salary is bigger and it's good. Uh, yes. Uh, and you know uh, more and it's also good for your brain. Uh, just like uh, just trying not to burn it with well with so uh, not over timing is not good so uh both platforms are really good and you would like to uh, to begin with uh, for example if you have android device uh and you are android user for example it's uh, maybe simpler for you uh, to begin uh, to begin with uh, android and um, you just you can just uh download android studio uh open android uh develops guide and calling guide and there is a, a lot of different courses and you can do with uh, android development and if and you and if you would like to be ios developer and you think that ios is uh better and uh, for example for you it is better i uh, you you can also so you need uh, to buy a macbook or mac <laughs> Uh, well, if you have, they no are, by the way, they this. are really good now. Yeah, so like they yes, recently announced uh, quite good well, MacBooks, right? <laughs> yes, Pricey, uh, but, but I, good. I'm translating. Uh, so I'm transmitting from my second MacBook. My first one uh, need to be repaired because of problems with accumulators. But I yeah. worked uh, on it and doing both Android and iOS in one MacBook uh, for four years, uh, not five years, about four and half a year. So um, uh, if you would like to be iOS developer, you can also start with this. It is also a lot of different courses. It's um, both um, companies, both platforms use code labs and opportunities for students, some challenges for students. For, and it's um, nowadays, it's really easy to become a mobile developer because there is all kind of contents. Uh, when we uh, began 
with the mobile development, it was less of it. And uh, it was simply to become, uh, if you have no opportunities to buy MacBook at the moment, uh, you, and you, would, you wanted to get it, uh, you needed to get some kind of virtual machine and some kind of, uh, um, some kind of uh, system to install with it. And then you... Um, you needed to monitor uh, your system not to up, not to update because when right, right. it tried to update every everything will be shut down then your if you haven't uh saved your work in some kind of cloud there was no opportunity for you to get it uh, back so uh, it was hard time uh, we used sticks and stones uh but now we are cool developer experts <laughs> Right, and if uh, somebody will want to uh, ask questions, they will probably be able to find you on Twitter, right? Yes, I have a Twitter. I have my own Telegram channel uh, where I write some kind of news. So, uh, of course, I, I publish there about my articles, about my talks, about, for example, this uh, podcasts and also some other news uh, about mobile development I published there. Unfortunately, not so regularly because of my job. Uh, but yes, you can find me on Twitter. Also, I have my own GitHub. And uh, when I prepared to Kotlin GDE, so I could tell a lot of uh, information how to prepare with, or maybe you, if you are interested to become a Kotlin GDE, or maybe some other programs. For example, I'm also a woman tech maker. And and for everyone, uh, welcome to my Twitter, to my uh, Telegram channel. And you can ask me, uh, even boys and girls, there is no segregation, uh, about development, how to become developer, what is better, and about the multi-platform, some technologies, and so on. And some other programs uh, I can, well, with uh, I can help you. You're welcome. Perfect. We will add every link you mentioned into show description, so you will be able to find it uh, there and uh, navigate uh, whenever you wanted to. With that, uh, I would like to thank you for this interesting talk. Uh, really inspiring, and uh, this is really uh, like the friendship between platforms probably should be like uh, as a good solution. Like we, we shouldn't be blaming other platforms. We shouldn't be uh, sharing some something between them and. Uh, Kotlin multi-platform mobile has its own place in the development ecosystem, as does Kotlin and uh, Swift. So, again, thank you very much for coming. Uh, and for those who are listening us, uh, viewing us, we will be back in two weeks. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Goodbye, everyone.